This episode is brought to you by REMAX Ace Realty in Downingtown, PA. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home, we have a real estate expert for you. Search for homes or contact an agent at acerealtypa.com. This is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, bringing you the info you need to make your next move a great one. This show is brought to you by REMAX Ace Realty. For show notes and links, go to acerealtypa.com slash podcast. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. Uh, this is the show that gives you the information you need to make your next move a good one. I'm your host, Sean Dominski, and today we are with, I am with Bobby Holmes, managing broker here at Remax Ace Realty. Uh, how's it going, Bobby? Uh, it's going very well, and uh, thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Excited. So I wanted to talk a little bit about... So so the idea of the podcast is every week we're going to be bringing information for home buyers, home sellers, um, and honestly, we're in a crazy market. So you've been in the business for how long? Uh, so this is my 10th year. 10th year. Yep. Um, I was involved in different aspects, um, you know, coming up in my early years. I, I did a little property management, worked with investors. Uh, I actually even ran an Airbnb <laughs> at one point. Um, but I'm really focusing on, uh, you know, down here in the trenches, in our local market, helping people buy and sell homes, get the best value for their home, mm-hmm. but also win and be competitive and through these treacherous waters out here for buyers. So for this, uh, so I wanted to focus on what do, what has changed in the last couple of years and what is this, what are we looking at in this market? And like from a sell side, since you deal with a lot of listings, you have several listings uh, coming up right now that, that you've been dealing with. Um, what a, like what's a seller have to do? Like what, what, what should they be concerned about? What should they be thinking of? And what should they be focusing on to sell their house at the highest value in this market? Sure, yeah, uh, good question. So for me personally, I think it's all in the pre-marketing of the property, okay? It's doing the prep work, doing the homework, figuring out all the things about the property that make it special, all the things that might cause hesitation or pullback from buyers, and addressing it up front, okay? I'm advising the sellers right away, uh, do a pre-listing home inspection report. You're gonna be ahead of any major repairs that need to be done so you're not blindsided in the middle of a transaction when moving trucks are in the you know in the driveway um if you have a septic system or a well it's all it's a must because they could totally derail so what is a pre uh pre-listing inspection look like and how's that different from a typical inspection sure um so you are going to contact a home inspector okay most companies in our area will offer the service. It probably comes at you know a reduced price. I've seen sales when inspectors are you know they're trying to fill um, mm-hmm. time slots, but the inspector is going to come to your property just like you're the client. And they're going to they're going to do their best work inspecting, finding everything. They're going to find you know concrete on the sidewalk is slightly tilted, doorknobs loose, missing a screw in the hinges. They find it all. Mm-hmm. So. They're going to come up with a lengthy report, usually between 30, 60 pages. The sellers are going to get upset because they're going to say, well, this home inspector found, you know, was saying, you know, the screw's missing, you know. Right. It's for their benefit, okay? So then they can fix things that are a major concern, not only for the safety of them living in the house and their family, but address it up front. They can provide an itemized list of things that they've repaired and in this competitive market 
It's a no-brainer wave, that folks will waive inspections, but also feel good right. about the purchase. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's one of those things where it's like they're gonna they're not gonna want to hear that news, but it's way better if they hear it beforehand than from the buyer or the buyer's agent. Absolutely. Um, I you know I I kind of. Uh, always emphasize that it matters where it's coming from. So if the if the inspector's talking to you directly and you're you're hearing it, when it comes from the buyer's agent, right. it's also going to come with a whole bunch of drama around it too. And that's usually where sure. they really and weighted with bias, of course. Yeah, and they're going to be like, "Oh, this is a twenty thousand dollar repair," and the seller's like, "No, no, it's not." So mm -hmm. now you you're arguing over money and the repair. Um, so. This is it's so funny because if you've been like, you know, being in this business for longer than, you know, last couple minutes, it's like completely I don't want to say backwards, but it's like upside down to what it used to be. So it used to be the the and, and I don't know if you've experienced this or not with listings, mm -hmm. but the com, the argument would be but won't I have to disclose that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Don't don't get a pre-listing inspection. Don't get it inspected because now the seller is required to disclose that. Right. Um, now I have my own thoughts on that, mainly around the around the uh, topic of well, you're not going to be able to hide it either way. Yeah. But what what are your thoughts when someone like a seller would say that? Um. Sure. So, in the past, I had found that. Or which I believed was a good strategy to try to, I hate to use the word omit things, but strategically shoot photos on the best features of the home and not so <laughs> so much highlight the unfavorable parts, okay? Right. And allow them to experience it for themselves, okay, and get to the property, hopefully fall in love, and then say, well, you know what? That's actually not that important. When if you show it in the photos and buyers are clicking through and they go, ooh, it has red carpet, uh-uh, forget it. All right? And they, move, they quickly move to the next listing. Mm -hmm. We want to get people to the property because right. there's features that they're typically going to love that mm -hmm. can't really be shown in just a listing. You need to feel the space. You need to see if it works for your dynamic um, but, you know, that's shifted for me now. Um, now I think in this market, it's best we're going to get showings on our properties. Okay, We don't need mm -hmm. to worry about our listings getting traffic and showing sellers our value that we're able to expose it to people. But I think it's best to put it all out there, mm -hmm. show the features, good and bad, and let people make their own assessment themselves. Okay, Of course, they're going to want to still feel the space, but... Um, don't waste anybody's time. Don't right. waste their time, right? And mm -hmm. don't waste the seller's time who, you know, if the family's living in the house, they got to, you know, pack the dog up, pack any kids up, and they're driving around the neighborhood waiting for these buyers to finish up when that property really didn't work for them because right. they didn't know that the basement had, you know, water in it or um, they didn't know that it backed up to a, you know, commercial entity. Right. So right. just show it all, put it all out there. Mm -hmm. And I think it blazes a trail of trust behind you. Because we're not, it's not really, I mean, we're in kind of an uneven market. There are more buyers than listings available, you know, to, you know, more so than usual. And, you know, when you have a, 
influx of buyers, really it's about qualifying uh, the buyers too because um, it's kind of like if it's because like you said, if it's not for them, you you don't want them coming in and wasting time and stuff. At one point, it was we want as many people as possible, as mm. many showings, as right. many, uh, and and who knows, maybe down the road that we might get back to that uh, that state. But that's part of also working with someone who has experience. They can say like, okay, the market that w- this market was f- like for this time. This is what we did this time. This is what we did for that time, mm-hmm. and this is what we're doing now. Um, and that's why I emphasize, you know, every week we're coming back and kind of talking about the market and what the strategy is today. So the strategy that it's we have today, than yesterday, that's yeah, for sure. it's not going to be the same as last year. It's not going to be the same as next year. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just, you know, you can only work within the market that you're in. Um, so the so the pre home. Uh, the pre-listing home inspections. Um, so that's, you know, it, it's not it's not necessary. Right. But at the same time, I think it can be of great value. Now, when we talk about disclosing things, I mean, let's be frank here. If the buyers are going to find out about it one way or the, another, and it's likely that the sellers knew something right. wrong, okay, I, I don't see too many times – the seller saying, oh, I had no idea <laughs> that the house was slanted to the right <laughs> and all the furniture was sliding down the floor. Right, right. They know their home. They live in it every day. So it's likely they know at least you know, that there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. In all scenarios, it's advised by me to disclose, disclose, disclose. Right. You know, that's their, the seller's layer of protection should something happen, should the roof fall down through, you know, in the house or the house right. fall into the earth and there was something wrong that the sellers knew about, you know, not only do we talk, you know, ethical and, you know, moral responsibilities, but, you know, they have, you know, legal obligations to disclose that information. And the buyers, like I said, the buyer's going to find out about it one way or the other. So it's best to, you know, put it in writing right away and, You've now, you know, you've, you've bought yourself peace of mind down the down the line. Yeah, and you're going to save a lot of hassle as far as I don't even want to say what the worst case scenario <laughs> is, ending up in a courtroom of some sort. Yeah. But even so, just just making the deal harder and, and tougher. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like you can um, if the buyers want to fight something and they want to fight for their deposit back, or if something comes up, like it can get. It it can be it sure yeah it can get messy. I've been you in know? some sticky ones, that's for sure. <laughs> um, you know, we we wear a lot of hats in this business, and I think especially uh, one they, of the yeah. one of the the most common ones is uh, therapist, and <laughs> you know, we're we're uh, the 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 ring Either. announcer when they're right know, when there's a an argument or you know back and forth. So, you know, we um yeah put it all out there. Right. Okay, I up front I do my homework up front. I am asking my sellers right off the bat okay so can you provide me a list of all of your utility providers can you provide me a list of all the contracting services that you use do you use a landscaper do you have somebody you know a plumber that you like give me all that information because guess what the buyers of the buyer's agent are going to ask me it's probably going to be like eight o'clock at night when i'm trying to enjoy some family time so i just put (laughs) all the information possible i can right in the Mm -hmm. listing let them assess all the information they have, make educated decisions. Because at the same time, it's one thing I really do hammer home to my folks. Mm-hmm. Again, just a personal opinion, but I do believe it to be true. We want the buyer to feel good 
about right. the purchase. Okay, so folks are really overextending themselves to and jumping into this competitive market, and a lot of a lot of that is that they're sick of having to, you know, fight through these treacherous waves here, mm-hmm. um, and they want this to be over. They want to buy a house. They're worried about interest rates going up. Sure, but at the same time, my folks, I represent the sellers. They're reliant on these people, the buyers, to come through with all that they say they can do so that my sellers can move and turn the page to chapter two and get to the end result, their goals. So it's a big risk when you sign an offer, okay? So, you know, of course, we're going to, I'm doing that extra layer of due diligence and calling mortgage lenders and verifying assets and making sure that it is the best financially qualified person buying the house because the best offer is not always the highest priced offer. It's the best offer with the best price and the best terms. What does... What does the best offer look like, and does that change based off the seller's goals? Sure. Um, in this, uh, you know, as the real estate market changed, mm-hmm. so did technology and the way we communicate. Even, I would say, leaps and bounds, even within the last year, with the introduction of you know Zooms and and video chat and right. know, all the the virtual assistance it provides to our business. But it's it's really really important to. Um, I'm sorry, you ever repeat the question? <laughs> you oh have to no, cut I was me just saying there. like, what does what does a good what does a good offer look a like? Good and offer. it probably, but yeah, and, and I, I, it, I could just run on a tangent talking. You got you got to yeah. circle back with me here. Does it change based off the seller's goals and what they're looking for? Sure, sure, yes. Yeah. So, in the past, mm-hmm. um, when I was a little more of a novice agent, I felt like it was you know. Uh, simple enough to contact the agent right away, whether that be, you know, usually a text message because Mm -hmm. a lot of us are mobile and unable to answer the phone, unfortunately. Hey, listen, um, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Seller's agent, my clients love the property. They were planning on putting an offer in. We are writing it up and reviewing it this evening. The expectation is that we'll have it in by lunchtime tomorrow. Okay, Mm -hmm. Just so at least on the radar. Yeah. All right. And, you know, the sellers will second guess selling it out from under us without at least, you know, checking back and giving us a shot. Right. And then I would email the offer over after I had everything signed and, you know, had several phone calls with my clients. But I really made no, no contact and I had not moved further down the rabbit hole in building the relationship with the listing agent. Mm -hmm. And that is so important. Mm -hmm. The listing agent is the gatekeeper of the property. Right. Okay. So although the listing agent is supposed to present information all in a you know anonymous, non-biased way, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's always possible or it always plays out like that because it's often that the listing agent has a personal relationship to that client or mm-hmm. has developed one and have their own set of biases or sales incentives or goals or, you know, motivations for the way that they communicate facts and opinions to their client. Um, And it's likely they're, you know, they're a salesperson, like, like many of us are. So how do you break through that? And the best way is to build the relationship up front, get the seller's agent, the listing agent 
mm-hmm. on your team, mm-hmm. okay? Don't be a pain in the neck to them too, okay? <laughs> right. So right off the bat, there's agents, they, they're contact. So, you know, and I'll say, listen, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm busy with my kids tonight. I'm best reachable if you just email me your questions you have. I can respond to you mm-hmm. as soon as possible in the way that you communicate best, okay? But then they'll call me at 9.30 at night, right? So already I'm starting to feel like this agent is unable to collaboratively work together with me and, and at least follow the rules that I'm trying to establish, the boundaries that I've placed to maintain any other kind of life in a business that moves 24-7. Right. And now I've already got you know a, a thorn in my side for that person. So that's just a silly example, but compound that with, um, you know, constantly asking for information that I've already put, you know, in the agent notes or, right. you know, little, little things like that. Not um, responding right. when you ask them a question, when you, you need them or something Sure. Like that. uh, that's fine because yeah. that still builds a relationship right. one way or another and at least becomes, you know, a voice, mm-hmm. and, you know, to a fa- to an unknown face. But if you're just emailing the offer and you're not at least give, making a phone call, yeah, I think you're doing your buyer a huge injustice because not only is speed important, but the relationships are key. This is a relationship business. So if you can get the listing agent on your side, yeah, right, on your team, on their radar, I can't say that, you know, I haven't been guilty of this too, but my own personal biases have steered me towards that buyer's agent because I mm-hmm. felt like I liked their personality. I liked how they conducted business. I thought they were would be a good person to work with. And that can sometimes be the kicker in a competitive offer situation. Right. To speak directly to your question <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20 minutes later, what is a good offer? Well, when you call that listing agent, you need to ask, what are the most important things to the sellers of the property? Mm-hmm. because they really do all have different motivations. I just sold a house the other day, and I think we talked about this. They took an offer that was like $5 more than the, the next best you know competitive one because literally getting the very best top dollar offer was all that was important to them. Right. The seller didn't care about the house. He lived there for a year or two, and it was just a stepping stone to get him where he is. He wants every penny. Mm-hmm. I've worked with plenty of folks that have taken significantly less than the best offer because they felt an emotional connection to the buyer and felt like they were the right person for their property that would enjoy it and make memories just like they had for you know many years. Yeah, that's that's definitely a um, you know a, a big kicker for people, um, especially in folks that have lived in the property for a long time. Um, because, you know, I, I try to relate this to myself because I had, it was one of my greatest accomplishments buying my first home. Mm-hmm. And some of the best memories I have with my family and my wife were fixing up this dump that we bought when we <laughs> couldn't afford anything. And, you know, I spent an entire Saturday with my wife just changing all the door hinge brackets to oil bronzed. Oh, yeah. and, it, and, you know, you might miss it when you walk through our house, but it really, it adds a nice touch. And it was one of the most fun Saturdays I ever had. It took all day. <laughs> okay? It took all day long. So those little type of types of pride and ownership things, mm-hmm. right? You want 
to, as a buyer's agent, be able to point those things out, point out the meticulous, point out the little basement workshop where all the tools are perfectly hung. Just like when you want to buy a car that the owner constantly had service and the oil change, so do you want to buy a house for your clients that has been well-maintained. Check the downspouts when they have the drip pin properly running away Mm -hmm. from the property. Okay, those those are the signs. Yeah. And that's how I was with my house. Mm -hmm. So I felt like the the offers I had, I didn't go with the highest offer. Crazy. Mm -hmm. I probably could have even got a lot more, but I stopped the show Mm -hmm. because I got a very good offer, and I felt like those buyers would would take care of my house like I did mm-hmm. and I felt confident that they were very very like they wanted to make this their home and they would move mountains to get it and I was relying on them to move my family to our next house and all coordinating at once so long story short I drive by the house pretty often it's it's right down the street here and I, I always give myself a little side smile because don't they have Every, every plant perfectly, you know, intact. Right. They have the same flag flying in the same place, and it looks just like I left it, and I'm, I'm really happy about that. And I was, I, I yeah, was right. Yeah. I was right. That's funny because I remember I uh, was driving by my childhood house, like the house that I grew up in when I was in, like, elementary mm-hmm. school. And I'm sorry. I'm Hopefully they're not watching, but that place, they didn't do anything mm-hmm. in, like, 20 years. Now, maybe hopefully recently they it have. It's been a sad, while. You know? But I'm like, wow, you – that's – I mean, part of me is like it's the same thing. That's cool. But at the same yeah. time, I'm like, man, everything's overgrown. Yeah. Nothing's trimmed. Nothing's yeah. taken care of. I'm like, you really let that place go a little bit. Like, it's kind of a dump now. <laughs> So it's it kind of you know kind of kind of stinks, but it matters. But on the same hand, you know you still need a good offer too. Right. So So emotional piece of it aside, um, what makes a good offer? Well, speaking directly to the seller's agent, and then speaking to the things that the seller wants. Is the settlement date important to help them coordinate with their next move? Or um, I've seen pretty often this time of year is, well, we want to move. We want to stay till June 15th so that the kids can finish school here in Downingtown. Sure, I understand. You don't want to have to pull them out early. Mm -hmm. I get it. Okay. Um, So you need to your buyers need to be able to have flexibility to meet those needs because that really might put them over the top. People are waiving inspections now, mm-hmm. and I, I hate that. I wouldn't buy a house that I hadn't inspected. It's uh, my <laughs> under no circumstance am I ever recommending right. people mm-hmm. to waive inspections. So on that note, a lot of people are getting inspections for informational purpose only. Yep. How does how how are sellers viewing that? Is that do they not like that? Do they want to say, hey, once we're under contract? we don't want you in the house or are sellers pretty open to it? Like, is that a good idea for a buyer who really wants to get the place, doesn't want to have a contingency, but would still like to know what, what they're buying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to say about two years ago in that market, that was a real wow factor. Okay. That was a real crowd pleaser when you, you're presenting an offer and you said, listen, we're going to purchase it as is. Uh Just like you wanted to sell it as is. But we want to have inspections for informational purposes only. Look, we're not going to ask you for credits. We're not going to ask you to fix things. But we want the peace of mind that we can move in and I can have my kids sleeping in the other room and not have to worry that the roof's going to fall down on them. Mm -hmm. And people get that. Mm -hmm. They understand. 
Okay. So two years ago, that was like, wow. Right? <laughs> now, now it's, still it's the with, standard. Well, I was going to say, is this still with a contingency or is this no contingency with the inspections? I have no problem. Give them the contingency. I might yeah. chop those lengthy timelines down a bit. Okay, right. Because, um, you know, I'll give you four home inspection companies that they'll be there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. All right. So when we talk about taking 10, 15 days for inspections, that's <laughs> that's really unnecessary. I have no problem extending an inspection mm -hmm. period if something comes up and it's a tricky scenario with the electric in the house. We didn't really know about it. And, hey, listen, let's all just pause for a moment and go mm -hmm. get a quote or two so that we're not we're not negotiating based on what, you know, Uncle Frank or, you know, Aunt Sally said that a new main panel electric box cost, but now negotiating with material data. Right. Actual estimates from reputable licensed contractors in the area. And that circles me right back to the pre-listing home inspection where we then can get those quotes and see what it's really going to cost to remediate that. Um, so that's the standard now. Okay? Yeah. So if if pe people are able to get inspection at all. So that's where my folks that want to have an inspection, and I don't blame them, mm -hmm. I'm advising them to do either chop down inspection time to one, two days. Mm -hmm. Okay, Offers contingent on a two-day inspection period, as is for informational purposes only. We just want a little bit of peace of mind. We're not going to ask you to fix things. We're not going to ask you to give us, you know, two thousand dollars for the, you know, the knickknack items. We are going to give you the thumbs up or the thumbs down, and we're not going to waste your time. We will be in, we'll be out. We'll mm -hmm. give you an answer right away. Okay. That I think is mutually beneficial. The sellers think about it and say, okay, great. Well, I don't have to. I don't. Their concerns are, I don't have to pay any more money. I don't have to right and fix anything. And I don't have to waste my time in this market where days count. So it's a win-win because the sellers want the buyers to feel good about the purchase too, and the buyers want to feel good about, you know, the the safety of the house. So that's the strong way I've seen and thought about trying, but haven't yet waiving inspections altogether, mm -hmm. but contingent upon a one two-hour walkthrough, <laughs> right? Right. And then during my two a one-day, two-hour walkthrough, mm -hmm. the day after we have a you know signed agreement delivered. And what then I'm doing is I'm having, you know, Cousin Jim, that's a contractor, come with me mm -hmm. and look at things and give me an assessment. I've saved, you know, saved a few bucks from ha having the formal home inspection, but I'm getting a, you know, pretty credible opinion. Um... You know, and at least I know. At least I know what I'm dealing with here. Um, well, for a while, people were bringing inspectors to mm -hmm, the showings. Mm -hmm, yeah, that was once that started happening. <laughs> I went. I went. Yeah, we're on to something here. So, uh, you know, I our uh, my my go-to guy. He um, he actually has this. He markets this as a, a service mm -hmm. he does, and it comes at it. You know, uh, I don't know what the price is. Let's just call it a hundred bucks. It's mm -hmm. significantly less than a full comprehensive report, and he uh, just was some clients the other day they wanted to see three houses that they were very serious about that were all getting listed you know the same day mm -hmm. he went on all three showings with them you they're only getting 30 minutes at a time to look at these houses and make you know the huge decision 
And he, as soon as they step foot in the house, they're walking around going, oh, wow, look at the kitchen, right? Oh, look how beautiful this looks. And he's going around testing the heater and flying a drone up onto the roof and, you know, running the water and checking under the sinks and, and just basically, a, you know, a, a bullet point summary type of home inspection. He's right. just hitting the major things so that he's not going to tell you to, you know, give you cost breakdowns. You say, look, I think you need to watch this. Hey, listen, that's going to need to be fixed right away. But yeah, go ahead. Like right. if you're going to waive inspections, I would feel comfortable with you sleeping in this house. And then now the buyers are super competitive because they're able to waive those inspections, mm-hmm. putting them to the top of the pile, but still also have that back-end peace of mind. Mm-hmm. It's also important to, again, this is one step I just you know kind of try to differentiate myself. Well, I'm also going into the township municipality sites and looking looking through all the different use and occupancy requirements because before I'm going to ask for a knickknack item to be fixed, oh, we we really need a handrail here. Well, they're going to have to fix it anyway to be compliant with the township requirements. Mm -hmm. So on the flip side, maybe that's a a strong point for the buyers to say the buyer will take care of any, you know, municipal repair requirements, having already assessed that themselves. I see buyers paying transfer tax. I see buyers offering over asking price, throwing all non-refundable deposits. Earnest money deposits. So, so your deposit is refundable. Right. If you have if you a contingency. You back out with a contingency. I'm seeing buyers do, here's our deposit. It's 10000 Uh-huh. And if for some reason we don't get this house, we our loan falls through, or we got cold feet, or we broke the deal, right? Or, or yeah. you know, I went to Atlantic City and gambled all my money and can't buy it. That deposit is non-refundable. That's a strong point. Okay, that's serious business. You're serious mm-hmm. about that property. I'm seeing, um, I'm seeing, you know, free leaseback situations with letting the sellers stay in the house. That's almost a standard now with the sellers wanting to take advantage of, you know, the the crazy market before right. interest rates go up, but need to stay in the house mm-hmm. until a certain period of time. I'm seeing, I'm seeing, unfortunately. Commission suffering. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, there are agents really struggling out here right now, and they're hungry for any kind of money. So they're bending at their mm-hmm. you know line in the sand. So you've got to you know be able to differentiate yourself from uh, you know the discount agent, the discount broker, mm-hmm. and you know earn your money, mm-hmm. providing the value that you give, and then deliver and over deliver. Right. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's really helpful. We're uh, kind of com- coming up on our uh, time here. Uh, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Sure. Um, so for me, yeah, um, you can just Google my name, Bobby Holmes, like Sherlock with a U, H-U-L-M-E-S. You can read all about me. <laughs> if, <laughs> nice. um, if you'd like to call me directly, I work best through text message because I'm on the road. I'm on construction sites. I'm I'm yeah. out in the field. I'm in the trenches. You can text me, 215-262-6559. I'll respond to you right away, and I'll say, hey, when are you available for a phone call? I'll call you then. Um, it would be my pleasure to you know, awesome. to help you or advise you. 
Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, guys, You, this is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. We just uh, launched it. Uh, we're going to be everywhere podcasts and uh, can be found, hopefully video too. Um, uh, but otherwise, you can check us here at Remax Ace Realty uh, if you want to check out uh, our office, acerealtypa.com for all your home buying and selling needs as well. So, all right, man. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. It was my pleasure. It was a fun time. Thanks for listening. This has been the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. Brought to you by Remax Ace Realty. Serving buyers and sellers in the Chester County area. Subscribe for new episodes at acerealtypa.com slash podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever podcasts are found.